Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up out of bed to pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 74 O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation which you acquired long ago, which you redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you came to dwell. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared within your holy place. They set up their emblems there. At the upper entrance they hacked the wooden trellis with axes, and then, with hatchets and hammers, they smashed all its carved work. They set your sanctuary on fire. They desecrated the dwelling place of your name, bringing it to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our emblems. There is no longer any prophet, and there is no one among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand? Why do you keep your hand in your bosom? Yet God, my King, is from of old, working salvation in the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You cut openings for springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You established the luminaries and the sun. You have fixed all the bounds of the earth. You made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs, and an impious people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild animals. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for your covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the haunts of violence. Do not let the downtrodden be put to shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God. Plead your case. Remember how the impious scoff at you all day long. Do not forget the clamor of your foes the uproar of your adversaries that goes on continually. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyk to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, 
but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now, at last, you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 27 through 36. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. After Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. the last full day of the season of Lent is upon us tomorrow at sunset Lent will end um, with the feast of uh, Monday Thursday a lot of churches will have meals together um, in the Episcopal churches that I've uh, been a part of will do um, suppers or potlucks together and then we'll go into foot washing and uh, we wash one another's feet because, um, well, scripturally, the Gospel of John, um, the, the Gospel describes Jesus insisting on having this done. And this is when Peter says, well, wait, I'm not fit to wash your, your feet, um, you know, or even take off your sandal. If I'm going to wash you, let me wash all of you. Um, and Jesus says, no, 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 you don't get it. Um, if you, um, if you want to be my disciples, then um, you'll you'll do these things. Anyway, the um, this uh, the this last three days we haven't been praying. Um, in case you've noticed, um, Holy Week is this really odd time. Uh, Saturday, um, there's uh, 
sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, there's not supposed to be any services, and that's really rare to forbid uh, religious services. But this is a time when Jesus was dead, um, and he goes down in the Harrow's Hell, um, and uh, so and the readings are a little bit longer, and so I wanted to take time to, to focus on them. And, um, but prayers will be back, and poems and the like. Um, and we've also been reading the letter of Philippians based on the prescription uh, through the Episcopal Church. I don't know, I haven't quite figured out why uh, Vanderbilt's Revised Common Lectionary doesn't match the Episcopal one, but that's another, another time. Um, and the letter of the Philippians um, <clears throat> uh, is Paul's letter to veterans. Philippi, as I've said, is a military community, not uh, all that dissimilar to, um, you know, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, or Jacksonville, North Carolina, or, um, you know, all these uh, different military towns scattered across the U.S. They're typically, in the U.S., they're typically poor, they're typically um, not as economically, um, I don't know, vibrant as uh, non-military towns. Um, I'm thinking of, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the town just off of Schofield Barracks now. Anyway, um, and Paul knows his audience, and that's why I think it's important to refer to the letter to the Philippians as God's letter to veterans and military families. Um, and in the final section today, we've we've gotten into kind of the, the farewells, and we hear about these women that Paul encourages them to look after. and um, There's this line that stood out to me. Maybe it only stood out to me. Maybe nobody else really thought all that much of it. Um, but uh, if I haven't before, I'm, I'm sure I, it's only been by oversight, but I think that um, I, I hope that I've talked about the difficulty of being a veteran and the tropes that are kind of put on us, like being angry being damaged goods, being heroes, and whether or not those are something that we fit in or whether we're trying to be, you know, people try to put us in this box. And I've certainly experienced some of the angry veteran trope. Uh, the, uh, the effect of it is to um, kind of, at least for me, is to force me into being even more stoic because you know, hopefully, well, no, not hopefully, this has happened on a number of occasions, um, in order to circumvent, you know, this irrational fear that people have of me. I've had one guy tell me that I was sitting down, and he was standing up, and uh, I remember shrugging my shoulders, telling him, like, you know, been kind of crappy lately, or something, um, and, te- you know, uh, he's a pacifist, and runs this pacifist organization, and it's like I'm kind of tired of you know um, of being told what you know this and that and other thing, and I didn't raise my voice, but I also like wasn't you know I wasn't kissing up to him either. <laughs> and later he described it as um, me seething with rage, um, and so I uh, I don't get to be who I really am. You know my honest response to this individual, you know, kind of, uh, 
um, you know, kind of candidly, a candid response, wasn't welcome. It was perceived as seething with rage. Um, and that's, re- that's really tragic um, because one thing that stood out to me with when I met my partner, Laura, um, was that she allowed me in some, you know, magical, unknown way, she allowed me and, and created a space in which I could be myself. And the way I describe myself is, like, before I got in the military, when I was in high school, I was pretty goofy. Um, uh, I was kind of, like, infamous with my friends of being really intelligent, but, like, oddly, like, not quite <laughs> not quite all there and saying stuff that would make people laugh without intending to. And um, that went away. I think it, it was there in the military a little bit, um, but in part as just kind of maturing, but also experiencing life in the military and combat, and then coming back and experiencing civilian prejudice against the military, um, that kind of faded away, and I miss it. I miss being goofy. And so when I read Paul's letter to the veterans, there's just one sentence that stood out that I, I'll put on the, um, the podcast, the episode description. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Um, writing to these families that were hardened, you know, uh, military families that knew hardship, that knew deployment, that knew, you know, trauma from these deployments and how to deal with it. Um, Paul assumes that they're gentle. Paul never assumes that they're angry. Paul never assumes that they're horrible people or stupid or damaged goods or heroic for that matter. He assumes they're gentle and he tells them, look, let people see that. Let people see your gentleness. And this is in his final exhortations. This is like his goodbyes is when he's kind of like, you know, he's putting away the theologian's pen and he's like, look, you know, he talks about people that they know, Euodia and uh, Syntyk. Um, this is when you're kind of rubbing elbows and, you know, doing your little secret handshakes before you take off and you know, no one will see one another again. This is when Paul is really kind of opening up and he says, let people see your gentleness to veterans, to military families. Let people see your gentleness, your meekness, your vulnerability, your sensitivity. Let them see that. Um, And I don't think, uh, I think Paul is aware, as a lot of military families are aware, that that's a liability. That's a risk. If you show vulnerability, if you show weakness, if you show gentleness, You'll be exploited. I know I've been exploited. I've my um, trust in people has been exploited by magazines, by authors, by institutions, and I don't want to, frankly, be gentle. I, I want to learn from my mistakes, and I want to protect myself. Um, but that creates, you know, the very ground from which people accuse me of being angry or stoic or. Um, um, uh, damaged goods and silent um, and it's a, it's a double-edged sword it's not particularly what I want um, and as we enter into Holy Week and the Triduum um, Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday um, I don't want to be gentle I want to recoil and withdraw into my little bubble and not read the Passion and be reminded you know, that I was a soldier and did things that I wish I'd I didn't do, um, but God, but 
Paul um, encourages me and encourages other military families that uh, your gentleness be known. Let people see your gentleness. Um, this letter um, to most theologians and biblical interpreters, um, they call it Paul's letter of joy. He's encouraging them often throughout the letter to be joyful and to rejoice. In fact, the, the line right before the gentleness line, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Letting your gentleness be known is somehow related to this um, spiritual practice of rejoicing. Um, and it's something that Paul takes time out from this personal letter at the very end where he's really kind of connecting with them and saying his goodbyes he says rejoice let your gentleness be known to everyone thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>